All right, guys, welcome to episode 99 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week, we talk about the unbearable weight of massive talent. Mm-hmm. We talk about Toy Story 3. Uh, we rewatched uh, a couple movies that hit some milestones of five and ten years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also talk about animation uh, that's been happening recently. And then we touch on the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, we talk about how taco charlton looked up one day <laughs> and said and he i said, quote what do you say fuck me for <laughs> but first Let's start with uh, with what you've been watching, and yeah. uh, I believe last week we talked um, about the fact that you were going to watch uh, the Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the unbearable weight of massive down. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I went to see it, and um, it, it was it was fine. It was pretty good. No, it was pretty. It was good. Um, I think. Um, well, the pros. Well, well, first of all, like I'll give a quick summary. So, the movie is Nicolas Cage plays Nick Cage. So it's like this sort of fictionalized version of himself. It's pretty much the same. You know, he he's has a, um, you know, he, he, he's not getting roles, and he has, like, money trouble. And so his agent comes, and he goes, Hey, look, I know you're going to retire, but this rich guy in Spain, he wants you at his birthday party, and he's going to give you a million dollars for the weekend. Just go, million dollars. And so he goes... And it turns out that the CIA is investigating that guy. And so they ask Nicolas Cage to be an agent or to be a, an asset for the CIA. And so pretty much okay. that's the movie. And so then hijinks ensue and it's like, you know, wacky stuff. Um, and overall, I, I thought it was fine. It was good. I, I, what I liked with the pros were Nicolas Cage was great, but mm-hmm. he's been great for a little bit now. And, but Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian, he was awesome. He was totally game. He was like at his at Nicolas Cage's level of like invested... And he gives this really, not wacky, not annoying wacky, but just, like, really high-energy performance. Because he's the super fan, so he's like, oh, sir, like, hi. But, like, in, in a sincere way, and he wants to write a movie with him. And so they talk about movies and stuff. Um, yeah. And the comedy's good. I mean, it, you know, it all comes from, you know, authentic stuff. Like, there's no, you know, it's not like dick jokes and fart jokes and stuff. It's, like, funny stuff because you get to know, you know, quote, quote, Nick Cage and... Uh, right. Pedro Pascal and, and all the characters in the movie and his wife, his estranged wife and his, you know, estranged daughter. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but apparently he, did, he has like two boys, so he doesn't have a daughter. So it's like, you know, it's like that kind of fictionalized thing. Right. So as a whole, it's, I, I think he, he did a movie about 20 years ago called Adaptation. Okay. Um, but with, um, written by, um, Charlie Kaufman and he did like, he did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, being John Malkovich, he did a something else that I can't remember. And it's directed by Spike Jones. So, okay. And so that one, it's pretty much... I think I've talked about it here before, but he... It's, it's interesting. So, he, he uh, Kaufman and Spike Jones make Being John Malkovich in like 99 or something. And so okay. the studio comes to Kaufman and they go, Hey, we have this bestseller book called The Orchid Thief, which is like this nonfiction story. It's like... 
I can't think of like an example. It, it's like a, it's like if a reporter went down and, and tried to save the manatees, right? And so like okay. make this into a movie, and we'll give you a bunch of money, right? And so he has writer's block over it because he's like, how am I supposed to make this movie this into a movie? And so eventually, what he did was he made a movie adaptation, which is a movie about the making of the movie that you're watching. So okay. Nicolas Cage stars as Charlie Kaufman trying to adapt The Orchid Thief and failing. Uh, and okay. the movie that you're watching is the movie that he ends up... Because at the end of the movie, he writes the movie that you're watching. So it's like it's like that. And I think... But that movie, I think, is... It's it's pretty much... If you were to watch them back-to-back, they make good back-to-back movies because they're very similar in terms of what they're trying to say and sort of what what it, like what their themes are. But I feel like that one goes much richer. It's, it feels much more rich in terms of what it's trying to say about adaptation both as, like, a human element in terms of, like, evolution, but then also, like, scripts and, like, storytelling. And this one's just more, like, surface level. It's more like, hey, isn't it crazy that Nicholas Page is playing himself? Whoa, wacky, cool. <laughs> right. And it goes a little bit into, like, deeper stuff, like, in terms of storytelling and stuff, where he, they, they're, you know, him and Pedro Pascal are, are writing a movie. And they're like, well, you know, these days they don't make adult dramas, right? If it's not a big movie, it's not a big Marvel movie, then it just doesn't get made. There has to be something for everybody in every movie. You know, there has to be car chases at the end and gunfights. Mm-hmm. And then what happens at the end of this movie is that there's car chases and gunfights. Right, right, right. And so, so, so like that, just, but that's about as deep as it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sydney liked it a lot. I, I, I don't want to say I was disappointed because it's not really fair to the movie to because it's not bad. I just probably went into it expecting more like an adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I got like a notch below that. So the movie's good for what it is, but it's not one of those where like you know you go in and go, wow, that's incredible. That was so good. It, it blew my mind. Right. So I'm yeah. I'm surprised it got such a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I know mm-hmm. we talked about that. But it's yeah. sitting at eighty-seven percent. Yeah, just... I think this is another case of one of those that we talked about. X is another X situation. Right. Where I don't. Well, think no one's anybody... gonna walk into this movie and be like, wow, this is garbage. But right. Like... Yeah, yeah. I think people would probably wouldn't like it if maybe the because the relationship between Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage is so it ends up being really rich. They're like guys you want to hang out with, and you care about them, and then like them making it making it through the story. So I think if that wasn't as rich, then you could easily go, well, you know, the story was kind of was fine, but like I didn't really believe it. Blah blah blah. blah. But that I think right. is, like you said is so rich. I don't think anybody could come out and be like. Well, that kind of stunk, right? Or like, oh, right. Like, right. Because you know, at the very least, you enjoyed watching those two yeah, on screen yeah. together. I mean, there's. I mean, if you like, if you if if, I, if it was a Tuesday and it was on TNT, and they're like, "Hey, you want to watch this?" and I'd be like, "Yeah, dude, totally." Like, it was an enjoyable time. So I think, yeah, this is another situation where it's an X. Where I'm sure if I went to let me let me go to Metacritic real quick. If I went to Metacritic, it'd probably be like a fifty or a fifty-five unbearable weight Metacritic, and that I bet you it's nowhere near sixty-seven. So yeah, so like two-thirds. Whereas on Rotten Tomatoes, it's what like eighty-eight. 87 right? right now. Yeah, so a 20-point discrepancy, but it's not because it's not good. It's just that, you know, the level of good... I would say that. I'd say, like, if you were, like, ever good to your head, put a, put a fucking Rotten Tomato score on it, or, like, a, a goodness level to it, I would say, like, 66. Did you enjoy it? Yes. So, ding, you know, Rotten Tomatoes gets 100, but Metacritic gets 66 from me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, um... But, yeah, I would say, yeah... If you're a Nicolas Cage fan, check it out. I think, you know, the last... I, I, when April was starting, I was like, I can't wait for April because we're going to have, you know, Everything Everywhere, The Northmen, um, you know, this one, Unbearable Weight, and there was one more. Maybe it was X, I think. But I think out of all of them, I'd probably go... Um, Everything Everywhere, The Northmen, 
and then X and this are probably tied. So it's probably one, two, and then tied for third or, or the horror movie in this one. Okay. All right. Yep. That was pretty good. Yep. That's, uh, yeah, the unbearable weight of massive talent. All right. Um, over the past week, I have watched uh, Toy Story 3 um, because, uh, like, like you said, Julian's been into, yeah. uh, into Toy Story movies, so I finally mm-hmm. saw the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, that shit... I was just not ready for it, and I fucking just, like, yeah, I fucking, like, cried, like, multiple times that movie. is fucking, so. It's great, I, right? Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying, like. About the very as, end where it's, like, it, it's not sad. Yeah, it's not, just, yeah, it's not sad, but there are enough, like, moments where it's just, like, mm-hmm. like, hmm. all right, so, like, I mean, this is. I guess if you haven't seen Toy Story, um, like one of the lines, for example, that kind of like made me tear up a tiny bit. And the crazy part about it was it's like, not, it's like a fucking nothing line. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, he says, they're ta- the toys are talking for a second and they're like, yeah, what about Wheezy? Who's just like, you know, I think maybe in two, he's in two yeah, for like mm-hmm. a second. And like, what about Wheezy? And it's like, oh, you know, oh. And then he, but then they're like, yeah, and and Bo Peep, and like fucking, it's just like the way they animate Woody's face at that moment mm-hmm. is just like, 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 what do I give a shit? Like that character doesn't even like really matter to any of the stories at all. But like, yeah. even I just that Bo one Peep little touch, what, like, I was like, oh, I think she's like in five minutes in each one, right? Yeah, but like even just like that would like somehow. That was enough to like trigger a response, right? Like just the oh, way yeah. they like animate Woody in that moment for literally, and he doesn't even sit on it very long. They yeah. say, "What about her?" And then, you know, like Woody reacts for like four seconds before he says his next thing, and it's just like, mm-hmm. and four seconds might be overshooting it, but like for that second, I was just fucking torn down. And then, oh, like, yeah. uh, man, and you see Buster, well. So you, oh, yeah, you yeah. So, so had you seen so you said you had you seen two before you watched it like recently or yes. this is your okay. Yeah, so so I watched I hadn't watched a Toy Story movie in forever. Mm-hmm. Julian got the toys, then we watched Toy Story One. I, I had seen Toy Story Two before, but I didn't remember it super well. So we watched Toy Story Two, um just because Julian's been watching it a bunch yeah. of and then when I finally had like time I thought I could finish it. Um, we watched three. Um, so, um, yeah, I had seen two recently enough. Uh, and then, you know, I watched three, but yeah, it, three's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved, uh, I, th- I thought, you know, they could have easily just like, not they, you know, the beginning and the very end, they had what they needed, right? They could have just coasted, but then they gave us a really fucking great villain in yeah, lots of hugs. That's, that's what I, sorry, hold on one second. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it gets like kind of dark. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's it begins it begins up being like a what's it called a, a prison break movie. Yeah, but like even outside of just like the, I don't know. It's weird because it's like they took the thing that you get into with Jesse, right? Mm-hmm. And then they just like make it awful. 
Right, because, like, the whole thing with Jesse, like, Woody's like, oh, I have Andy, and, like, you know, Jesse's like, yeah, I had an Andy, too, keyword, had. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and you get your little story, and you're like, oh, that's sad. But, like, the way it's played in that movie is like, but here's your chance to have it back, right? Man. This shit's like, you had that, and that shit's forever gone. Like, you will never have that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. his, his, like, villain origin story is just like, it's the same shit. thing that happened to um to jesse except he you know said she like just instead of becoming an asshole she was like you know what no i can i can find somebody else right or i can you know join up with these with with, with woody and, and make a yeah kid like happy woody's pull bit. was enough to bring her like over right and then like yeah. that is not the case with lotso no um god and it's it's so good right like toy story doesn't I mean, realistically, based on the first two, and I guess in the second one you have um, Prospector. Yeah, you have you Prospector and you yeah. have Al, but like, but like, ultimately, I don't. Toy Story isn't really a movie where you have to have like a villain. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, like obviously you have to have uh, hurdles of some sort that, right, that will right. obviously take. You know, Toy Story one you have Sid, but like Sid's not like he's, he's not the a villain. villain. He's, he's, he's just like, he's a hurdle. He's like, right, um, he's like, like oh said, fuck, we ended up here. You know what I mean? The yeah. problem is that, um, basically, the problem isn't Sid. The problem is Woody threw Buzz out the window, and now he's got to right. Get it's back. like and it's, it's Woody's jealousy and ego and right. And then yeah. two, I guess, is is Al, but ultimately, like, it doesn't even. Al isn't directly opposing them. You get what I'm no, saying? No. Like, like he's like, I, I'm just trying to get Woody. And then like, Prospector is directly opposing them, but like for a very short, like, ultimately, I feel like he his influence is very small. Um, whereas Lotso is like, like I mean, this sounds stupid, but like Marvel movie villain, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he's like, oh, I'm throwing all the fucking new toys in with the fucking preschoolers all getting shit on. Mm-hmm. They have like secret clubs where they hold. They're like, they like torture Buzz. Like, what the goddamn? <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, yeah, "Big baby's gonna fuck you up." Yeah, they, yeah. They fucking throw uh fucking Mr. Potato Head like in pieces in the fucking sandbox. Yeah, yeah. It's just like yeah, it's like he. That's the thing. So there's Lotso, who's like head villain. He has fucking henchmen, bro. <laughs> he's a Ken, and yeah, which. All right, here's the I don't know, like, I, I'm just, I haven't seen enough movies. Ken was on screen. Ken was like, is that Michael Keaton? And it yeah, was. It is, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like Toy Story, I mean, I, I, I don't know for sure. But I do feel like at that point, right? Like, by the time Toy Story 3 hits, it's got to be like, it's, it's, it's got to be Sesame Street thing, right? Where it's like, Michael Keaton's like, fuck it of course like i like somebody handed michael keaton a script like you want to be ken and he was like sure like because there's yeah. no way they like blew the bank on getting michael keaton no to play it, ken. It, but it has, this is like 2010 so like i, I mean michael keaton's had like a little bit of a resurgence i think since like birdman but yeah. if you think about it like well maybe what was the movie with oh god the other guys have you watched that one wait is that uh it's will, uh will ferrell, will ferrell and ferrell. mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, they play cops he's like, he's like the the the, the, the lieutenant the chief yeah. 
You know, they have that the the whisper fight. Oh, what yeah. the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the, the one that gives him the wooden gun, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he always he, he's always doing uh, TLC quotes, and he's like, oh, "Come on, you know what you're doing." He's like, "What? What? I'm just saying something. I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so like they got michael keaton to play yeah it's like a, rel- a relatively minor role you know what mm-hmm. i mean um yeah I, I mean it's it's such a good and then like bro the very beginning all right so here's the thing the very beginning is amazing going in blind like the very beginning doesn't have oh the, the train oh yes, yes, yes no not right? the train no so, so sorry, that the, the train is technically the very beginning. You're correct. So, but going in blind, not knowing mm-hmm. what the movie's about, there's the train sequence, which very clearly you can instantly, like, the moment the train sequence starts, you're like, ah, this is them playing, right? You're like, cool, got it. But what happens directly after that is you realize that's him as a kid, and it goes directly into them with the phone, with the cell phone, Mm-hmm. But you don't know what they're doing. So, like, the Sarge, oh, yeah, pulls, yeah. The Sarge pulls the cell phone in in the sock. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. fucking throws it in the... Or, they like, he gets it for him. They go in yeah, the toy yeah. chest. And, like, in your head, you know, it's fucking Toy Story. It's fucking toy hijinks. It's, like, the weight of it hits you all at once when you don't know what it is. And then, like, they start the call. The phone rings. You're like oh, fuck, they're trying to get him to play with him. And mm-hmm. he just, like, shoves him away. And it's just like, oh, God. Like, right, because doesn't he pick up a... Woody for, like, a split second? No, he picks up Rex. He, Rex, he, yes, yes. He bats Woody out of the way to look for the phone. Mm-hmm. And then when he picks up the phone, Rex is on it. And he, like, touches Rex to get him off the phone, throws him back in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, that's devastating, right? Like, cause Especially because, for me, having watched Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 super recently... It's, like, all about them and Andy, like, the whole thing. And then it's just, like, Toy Story 3 opens with basically, like, Andy doesn't give a shit anymore. And it's just, like, oh. And it, yeah. it, because you because I didn't know when I saw it, uh-huh. I was, like, what is this plan? And so, like, all of a sudden you come to the realization of what the plan is. And the instant you figure out what's happening, he's, like, smacking away the toys. And it's just, like, oh, no, this is awful. <laughs> like... Yeah, um, yeah, because I, I think when I watched it, I, have, I, I honestly don't think I watched it all the way through since I watched it that first time in theaters, what, 12 years ago, So, but I, I think I've seen scenes here and there, mm-hmm. but I remember, I think I watched one and two just before, like, oh, look, we're watching the sequel, it's kind of like how one watches, like, Infinity War before you watch Endgame, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But of course, when you get there, you're like, more adventures, and you get there, and then you see, like, Oh, Peep is gone. Buster's fat and old. Right. You know, Andy's all grown up. You're like, fuck, man. Damn. Yeah. Because like you said, you know, the first two movies, they're, they're pretty close together, right? So you're like, more right. hijinks. And you, you anticipate like that. But then they go, nope, time jump. People who you love are gone. The people who, you know, you all, your parents are fat and old and they're going to die soon. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's just fucking rough, man. Then he starts fucking throwing them in the fucking... He starts throwing them in the trash bag. You're like, what are you doing? And then he, like... You know, the whole thing stems, he goes to throw him in the attic and, you know, shit gets, and they end up getting thrown through yeah. the, the thing. But, like, you, like even just the, he, him throwing him in the trash bag, you're like, no! Like, this is awful! Like, yeah. Um, but, Are yeah. you, um, do you think you'll see, um, Toy Story 4 anytime soon? Yes. I'm, I'm sure I'll end up watching it soon. Uh, okay. I, 
I don't know how soon. Um, okay. But yeah, when you when you watch it, I would say the opening scene takes place like in the rain. Like the stuff's going on in the rain. It's in the house, but it's in the house, but it's like raining outside, and they have to go outside for something. Mm-hmm. If you watch it during the day, I would say like close all your doors and like turn off the lights and stuff. Right. Um, because dude, like the animation in that sequence in the water is fucking nuts like they put a harsh light like a flashlight on the water and i remember watching theaters and being like that's that's what like they they just (laughs) filmed that they filmed that and they put toys into it because it is insanely detailed dude like i like i it it, it's it's nuts so if you if you have if you watch it at night just turn off like you know like you know focus on it or if you're watching it a day turn off lights because you have to like take it on i mean the whole movie is beautiful of course because they don't like came out like you know two or three years ago right but that sequence with the light and the water it's mind-blowing dude it is nuts i gotta i gotta i'll definitely have to check that out yeah yeah i may, and, and I, I may pull double duty this week uh and and watch both it and and bad boys too um <laughs> but yeah more sequels um, exactly. um I, in, in four i don't i probably ranked four last but it, it, honestly i mean it's three classics so right like, like yeah so i mean it's like we talked about uh when we were talking about Kendrick Lamar's like the exactly yes like, yes exactly yeah, like yeah. you know t- damn is worse than to pip a butterfly and good kid man city but like it's better than 95 percent of other right. albums. Like, that's yes. what he's talking about Yes. Um, so 100%. So yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think about it here and there, but I mean, in terms of an emotional gut punch or just the, the, the raw strength of like a story from one and two and the emotional gut punch of three, it just doesn't have that, but it's still very, very good. Yeah. So I'll definitely have to check it out. Um, bro in the furnace. Ugh, oh God. yeah. The fur- like that's what I'm saying. So like, there's so many moments where it's just like, Oh God, it's so much weight. And like, you know, it's also, I mean, there's so much nostalgia for, like, people our age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, granted, I'm getting to it super late, you know, because Toy Story 3 came out and fucking I don't know when. Um, let's see, when did Toy Story 3 come out? Uh, 2010. 2010. So, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, but even in 2010, I would have been 17. So, like, 17 with something that, like, Toy Story 1 and 2 came out relatively close together, though, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, 1 was 95 and 2 was 99. Right. So, if if you saw both of those, like, when they came out, you know, yeah. were... You were I like, was you know, four, 6 five. max when I saw 2. You know what I mean? So, it's yeah. like, there's all that nostalgia from 1 and 2, and then all of a sudden it's just fucking... Um, you know, this, which is very heavy, and they, they know what they're doing with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they are they are using the weight of that nostalgia, like, every bit of it. Um, also, I feel like something that's kind of lost, and maybe not, maybe not, but, like, I think something that is somewhat lost now, even for, like, kids now, is that, at least for me, as a kid... Like, there are only so many options, right? Like, like, as a kid, fucking, it's whatever we have on VHS is what I can watch. You know what I mean? Like, or on TV. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have Toy Story on VHS, me as a kid, like, wore that motherfucker out. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. like, oh, yeah. there's 100%. also extra weight. Whereas, like, now a kid can watch anything at any time on any streaming service. 
Not, yeah, no, I'm I mean, not trying to do that. It was better back in my day. But, like, again... You not as many choices. Back. Right. And so you build up even more of that nostalgia that you have for those characters, right? Like... Right, right. Fucking Lion King and Toy Story. Like, realistically, I don't think I'll... Like... Hmm. Because I'm an adult, when we do, like, top five movies at all time, I guess I just don't think about them. But realistically, like... Toy Story and Lion King are probably up there for me, like, within the top ten. Oh, yeah. Um, because I watched the shit out of them. So, like, again, I mean, not to drag on about this too much, but, like, fucking those heavy, uh, like, gut punch moments. It's like, oh, well, it's the fucking, it's all the people where I literally, like I said, wore out the VHS tape or wore out a DVD, like, mm-hmm. you know, watching till it literally didn't work correctly anymore. Um... So yeah, that's. Uh, but anyways, Toy Story three. I ultimately I thought it was great. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, I don't know that I, I would say it's as good as the first two, um, but it's definitely like not. It's not. It's no significant step down. Um, no, yeah, and, and um, he he doesn't. I think he backed away from animation because I think you know, directing is hard. But this one was when remember when it was being made. It was they were like you know. John Lasseter, who I think at this point, I think he's left Pixar because he had, like, sexual assault allegations and stuff, or, like, harassment okay. stuff. At, at this point in 2010, or at this point now? We're... At this point now, sorry, okay. sorry. But at, th- at this point then, I think he was leaving Pixar to go be, like, the head chief man at Disney. And he actually was the reason, is the reason that Disney is now pretty much kind of on par, slightly below Pixar, but almost on par. Because when he took over in the late 2010s, they were, like, dead. Disney, like, alone, animation is dead. And ever since then, ever since he took over, they have uh, you know, Frozen, Moana, Wreck-It Ralph, Encanto, um, and a few other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head. All right, so... And so oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I, mean, I was just going to say that um, the director of, of Toy Story 3, they were like, it's going to be Lee Unkrich. And I was like, Lee Unkrich? I've seen his name like in a couple of things, but like, I guess. Like, I hope he doesn't mess it up. And so he hits home run with this one. I'm like, well, it's pretty good. And then the next movie he does is Coco. So I'm like, oh, oh, this guy's my. pretty good. And so I'm like, why? And so when he was like, yeah, I'm stepping away. I'm not going to be doing Pixar movies for a while. I think he's, I think he quit. Or like he left. Like he left the company. So when he left, I was like, damn, dude, you guys, you're two for two on like classics. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's but, actually, uh, yeah, Lee Unkrich, known for Toy Story 3, Coco. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, like, come on. You want to do another one? Like the guy, because now the best guy, the best director they have is. Um, Pete Doctor. I mean, that dude is four for four in classics. He did Monsters Inc., Up, Banger, Soul, Banger. and Inside Out. I've never seen Soul or Inside Out, but I both heard yeah. those are great. Uh, yeah. I feel like general. Hmm. And actually, this is this is probably not fair, just because I feel like these kind of. It's weird. I, I think like children's movies are well. It's probably the nature of being a children's movie. Like they. They snowball in reputation compared to other movies that like fall off. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, like I feel like people look more fondly back at kids' movies. Um, but I was, I, I was gonna say, I feel like Soul, I, I feel like had the l- least amount of praise compared to the yeah. other. Yeah, like, I, like Up is, oh, you know, e. great. Monsters Inc. is classic, and Inside Out, I, I've never seen, but like every. Let's put it this way. Every time I tell someone I've never seen it, they're like, ooh, you should watch that one. Um, <laughs> it is great. And I, I know I Soul think, was great, and I believe it was nominated? I think it won the Oscar for Best Won the Oscar. Okay. And I hate it. I hate it because it was supposed to come out June 2020. 
so it came out in December of 2020 because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, damn, dude, like, you know, I would have made so much money. It would have been huge, I think. And instead it kind of came out, you know, on Disney right. Plus during COVID. So, yeah, it didn't get its fair shake, but hopefully people are still watching it. So, yeah. So, uh, but anyways, ultimately I give this movie probably eight and a half, nine out of ten. I yeah. feel like it's oh, yeah. a pretty solid rating for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to watch Toy Story 4 at some point. Do so. There were eleven years between Toy Story two and Toy Story three releasing. Mm-hmm. When did Toy Story four come out? I feel like that was kind of recent. Twenty nineteen. Okay, yeah. So so eight years. Mm-hmm. That's that's weird. Hmm. All right, I say that's weird. At this point, I'm so used to just every studio just fucking like both like video games and movies like uh, like TV shows. Us good, run it back like right now. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, exactly. hearing any sort of significant gap for a franchise like that, I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, and, like, you know, animated movies, I think, are so... I think the reason most of them you are get high scores are so good is because they just take so fucking long to make. Like, mm-hmm. a normal movie takes, like, two years. So you can get a Spider-Man. Like, they fucking came out with Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019 and then No Way Home, like, three two years later. Less than... Wait, 2019? Yeah, two, two and a half years, right? Mm-hmm. But... If you want to do, like, fucking Into the Spider-Verse is going to end up taking five years to make. Even oh, yeah, though the first one is successful. Yeah, the second yeah. one's going to be, yeah. No, you're right. And it just, they just take so long to make that for me, like, whenever they make a sequel, I'm not like, well, this is a cash grab. I go, well, other than Frozen 2, because I think fucking sucked. But they're usually <laughs> not a cash grab because they just take so long. So whenever they do something like Toy Story 4, 10 years later, or even Lightyear, I go kind of like with my actor thing where I go, there must have been something there for them. There must have been a story, right? Right. Like, you don't go into any of these animated movies where every single scene has to be done like a thousand times mm-hmm. because you have to frame it and light it and do all this shit. Like, it has to be perfect every time. So you don't go into this being like, well, it's it's, like, it's a cash grab, right? right? So even Cars 3, which I've heard is just okay, I was like, well, they must have had a reason to make Cars 3, especially after Cars 2 kind of stink, right? Like, they must have been right. like, there's still something there. And so from what I've heard, I haven't watched Cars 3, is that it's fine. It's, it's good. So, yeah, I, and, you know, I wonder how much of that is, like, hmm. all right, so, like, Cars 2 stunk, stunk. Yes. Frozen 2 stunk. Um, yeah. But even still, I wonder if those are just... Failures to execute on what you thought was there. Does that mm. make sense? Like, mm-hmm. and I and I wonder specifically, like you're saying, the the length of time that it takes to make these movies, like because it takes so long to make them, you think that the it's it, they have to know that they have something there because it's not worth it to do it otherwise, right? Whereas mm-hmm. you can right. kind of cobble some shit together with actors and try and make something work. But even still, like, that may be true. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? But also I wonder if the fact that it takes so long to make, like, gives you even more time to, like, really hone in on things that maybe aren't working as well as you thought they would be. Right. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, let's say you animate fucking scene A, scene C, and scene uh, E. And then as you're animating those, you're, like, looking at scenes B and D, and you're like, ooh, these don't connect as good as I like 
think right. they should. And so you go back to the drawing board on those scenes while the other three are being done, and the connecting tissue ends up stronger. Because, exactly. because you take your time, you know, because there's literally no other option, right? It takes forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> like, and you're stuck and, and, with this project for four years. Of course, you know, you're going to have more time. It's like we talked about with albums, like with, with Kanye, where his early work, like, there were long pauses between albums, and it was, like, him taking his time with each album. Whereas, like, once they start churning out quickly, it's like, oh, well, this kind of just feels like garbage now. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm sure it's the same thing. If you have five years with the same subject matter, you're going to come up with better ideas on how to present this and implement them the moment you're able to. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, you know, that, that's also why probably Lee Uncridge does two movies in 15 years. And he goes, you know what? I'm Fuck. tired. I'm <laughs> yeah. fucking exhausted. I spent two weeks doing three seconds of a film. Like, I need a break. Yeah. That's all right, real quick. Stop motion shit is insane. Oh my god! Like the old school. I'm like, bro, how long did it take? Like, I do not. Motherfuckers had first, second, and third shit. That's what I'm saying. I literally can't wrap my head around it. Dude's out here moving an arm like half an inch, and then be like, all right, take the picture. All right, move it half Mm -hmm. out of your fucking mind. I, I mean, I don't know how they do it because, like. I guess it just takes a special, like, kind of mind, like, a different mind to, to do it. Because, like, so, so during COVID, Sydney and I, I think I mentioned it here on this episode way, 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 way a long time ago, right at the beginning. Um, we bought those, um, like, canvases with the little numbers, like, uh, paint by colors kind of thing. But, like, right. the, 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 the numbers are fucking tiny, dude. They're, like, mm-hmm. tiny, tiny. It looked, I mean, if you if you were to look at it, it would look like it's, like printed on like that matrix paper because it's like it's like one two three but the, the, there's like tiniest little bubbles and the tiniest little different in paint mm-hmm. and so she started hers hers was a lighthouse and then mine was it was like a house or something and so we both started we're like yeah it's a little thing goes into music and then do this and then dude like about like three days in i was like i can't do this like this is just too tedious. This is making me anxious. Like I feel like when you look at an, a book with bugs and you don't want to open the book because you feel like the bugs are on you. That's how I feel trying to mm-hmm. paint these little things. And she knocked hers out. Like she did the whole thing, and it's like it's up in our bathroom did right she now. Finish yours. Like, like, Give me your shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we. But I think by that point we we moved on to something else. Or like we ended up doing something else. But she started. Yeah, she took over mine, and. Like I think made some fair, some decent progress to it. I think we eventually like paused and it never went back. But yeah, dude, hers like came out awesome, and she like has the mind to like, you know, just focus on it and like be thinking about other stuff and using it for what it's for, relaxing. Where I'm like, no, it has to be done, right? So like I look at those dudes, you know, you see those um the time lapse videos of them doing stop animation, and it's just like, but they're like it's it's just like they you, they're a blur and the characters moving like. Two two feet, if that, right. right. <laughs> like they're going so fast, you can't see them half the time. And mm-hmm. like the scene that you're getting, like of the actual like figurines, is moving like a hundred times slower than it is on the movie. Like, how right. is that possible? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. reminds me. I can't remember. I think it's is it Parks and Rec, where, oh God, what's his name? Is it Aunt, no? Andy is Chris Pratt. Yeah, ben? Um, ben. Ben, when he's like, he's like out of his job or whatever. Oh yeah, and he's Where trying to make the... person make this. He, yeah, and then he he's like, he's uh, he plays it and it goes for like, I think like ten seconds maybe, mm-hmm. and he's like, that took me three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that shit killed me. Yeah, dude, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's nuts. That's <laughs> like, nuts. yeah, the idea of that is outrageous. 
Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> Toy Story 3 is solid and not yeah. stop animation. Um, <laughs> so uh, I see you've rewatched a couple movies. Yeah, yeah. So I did two rewatches, two nerdy rewatches, actually today. Um, and I say rewatch very, very softly because I pretty much just had them on in the background mm-hmm. near my desk where I work. Because yeah, I still am able to work from home. So my TV is like right behind me. And so I'm able to put on movies um, while I work. I usually don't just because it is a little distracting. But today I was like, damn it, today I got to do it. And the two movies are um, I watched Star Wars The Last Jedi because today's May the 4th. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched. Um, Marvel's The Avengers because it's the 10th anniversary. It came out 10 years ago. Today. Okay. Um, and they're both great. I watched Avengers first. And of course, dude, I watched it so many times that it's just like I can like, kind of like The Matrix where like, I guess both of them at this point, but I, you know, you can hear it and you can remember what it looks like because I've seen it so right. many times, like an old song. And so I'm like, you know, following along and um, what always strikes me about the movie is the dialogue is so good. And I know Joss Whedon at this point is a little canceled because he did some creepy shit and he was kind of an asshole. But his his script is so good. It, it, maybe people think it's a little too punny, a little too like quippy. But the the, the, the stuff is so good. Like little things, like uh, you know, they're in the, the Quinjet and they're trying to stop Thor from taking Loki. And you know, Captain America goes, "Iron, you know, Tony, we need a, a, a attack plan." And he goes, he's like, "I have a plan, attack." And just like little things like that throughout the whole thing, that I think just really sort of elevated from the movies that it was before to like what it is now it's fucking like marvel beast thing right um and uh it's great uh when do you think the last time you saw it was the, the very first avengers Ooh, the first avengers it's it's been a minute i feel like i've definitely watched civil war more recently um yeah it it's been quite a while now that i think about it like i, I don't know i don't know that i've watched it in the past year or two you know what i mean it's, it's yeah. been a while it's been a, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, the, the best parts are you know bringing them together, um, and then of course you know the final fight in New York, mm-hmm. which is nuts. I mean, still to this day, it's just nuts, just how huge it is. And I remember at that point when it happens, you know, you go like when I, when it happened when I was watching, I was like, this is the first time that I feel like a superhero movie has sort of put to, to film the scale that I've always imagined as a right. kid. Yeah, like in, in like in comics or in cartoons, that shit happens. But in movies, it's always like like even in Spider Man One, you know, oh he's finding the Green Goblin, but oh he takes him off to like an abandoned warehouse. Um, right. I mean, just fine. And even Spider Man Two, he's like, oh he's building the machine in an abandoned warehouse by the by the water, right? Right. And so this is the first time when I was like, this is like the, the scale that I've always imagined Marvel or Avengers getting together for. Um. And uh, yeah, so I, f- I finished that. And then right after, I started The Last Jedi. And dude, so it is ridiculous how noticeable it is that The Last Jedi looks like a real movie and The Avengers doesn't. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? (laughs) Like, the cinematography in The Avengers, like, it just, like, I've always loved it. I think it, it deserves to be big and bright and poppy, but sometimes it looks like a TV show. Yeah, I can see that. We've yeah. we've actually talked about how like the like the Captain America outfit in the first Avengers yes. movie is yes. like like yeah. almost a joke, but for some reason it works. Like yes. like, like mm-hmm. taken out of that movie in those scenes, like I feel like it would look ridiculous. But like for yeah. whatever like reason, like if you put that outfit it, in the final like Avengers, 
a symbol. It would just yeah, look like... Yeah, it would look such an idiot. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, but the movie as a whole looks, like, very bright. And it's, it, it just, like, it, well, you know, Whedon comes from TV. And he told the cinematographer, where well, I want it to look like this. And he's like, all right, dude, you're the boss. <laughs> and it looks a little, not cheap, because it's expensive. It looks expensive as hell. But it just looks not as, like, cinematic, right? Right. And so The Last Jedi, opening scene, rich deep these dark silver colors this like the red is just like pops and the everybody's skin looks like filmy and it's fuzzy and it just looks like a fucking movie and i was like damn dude i should not have watched it back to back because <laughs> i was watching the avengers i was like damn this i mean this doesn't i mean it looks fine like the 4k transfer looks okay and then it ended and i'm like let me pop in the last jedi and i was like holy shit that looked awful that looked terrible <laughs> um but the it, but it also it also doesn't help that the last Jedi is the best looking well no I'll say Rogue One is probably better. it's the second best looking Star Wars movie ever made so it doesn't help that, that that's the case but uh, yes the last Jedi still awesome you know um it's, I, there's like you know I, I love the movies as a whole but there's just some scenes that are just so good that just like knock you out and one of them is um my favorite scene probably in the whole movie is um Luke he has become a recluse and he's mm-hmm. like i failed everybody i failed the jedi i can't do this and then he's about to burn down the first original jedi temple and then jedi and yoda's ghost shows up and he's like what are you doing bro you can't do that and he's like well i can't i can't i gotta burn down i can't be who ray the protagonist wants me to be i can't be her teacher you know i fucking failed I'm, i suck and then yoda goes you know it's like well you know you 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 are uh, a mentor like you you don't just pass on the good stuff you pass on the bad stuff it's like you, you know failure folly mistakes you know that's the most important part and then he sits down next to him and he goes you know in the end we are what they grow beyond you know, that's the best that's the greatest burden of all mentors or all teachers or something like that right and every time i watch this you're like damn that's so good because then i think it fits well for being you know mentor or somebody's teacher or somebody's guide or somebody's guardian but i think it also fits you know if you're somebody's parent i think it's so good and so every time i'm watching like damn when i if i ever have a kid and i watch this with my kid it's just gonna fucking crack me in half dude it's yeah 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 no it's yeah and i mean this is gonna sound stupid because obviously you already know and like everybody says this but like it's weird like it's weird that you knowing that, right? That you knowing that scene will feel different when you have kids. It's weird how much it doesn't fucking matter, and it actually does. Like, like the amount mm-hmm. that it feels different is wild. Um, yeah. Like, the scene, like, I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of different movies, but, like, the scene mm-hmm. in Into the Spider-Verse where he's stuck on the other side of the door and it's like him and his yeah. dad talking, and that shit mm-hmm. tears me down every time. I'm like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, I mean the reason I feel, the reason I feel like I, I know or I feel like I suspect I'm like that's gonna fucking kill me is because like you know it it, it you sort of th- th- like that scene there I'm sure there's scenes you know growing up where you watch them and you're like that's the movie that's the scene with that or this or that right and then as you grow older you either you know you have people in your life that that change that perspective so like for example like the end of Monsters Inc you know where he's putting the door together. Yeah, that scene used to crash me. Used to used to just destroy me because you know he puts he's like Mike. You put you you watch it right, Monsters Inc. I I have. It's been forever. Um, so if you remember so... at the very end, you know they shred the door, and then months pass, and then Mike is like, Sully, come look at this. I I got something for you. He's like, All right, what is it? And he takes him out to the back office, and he goes, 
And he shows him, and it's the girl's door, and he's put it together, all splintered up. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Mike, how did you do it? And he's like, well, you know, it took some time. And then he just, the camera pans down, uh, pans down to his hands, and they're all, like, bandaged up because he got splinters on them. And uh. that used to kill me. And, but now, that wouldn't I mean that still kills me. But then now, when he opens the door, and you hear Boo, and she sounds a little older, she's like, Kitty... Now that, well, you know, I have my niece, ever since then, I'm just like, oh, my God, that's like her. Like, every time I see her, her voice sounds different. So I think, yeah, so I know, I mean, that scene, the scene in The Last Jedi kills me now because it's so beautifully done. But then, like, now I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's going to have a different weight to it. It's a great scene, and I know you don't like Star Wars and stuff, but I I think you should watch it because it's very self-contained. I mean, basically all it is is just Luke being like, I failed Rey because I'm a shitty mentor, and I failed everybody. And then you ought to be like, dude, like, that's what it is, man. You know, you everybody can't just show does. them like that... that. Yeah, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah, the best... Like, there's never been like... a... Yoda's like, there's never been a mentor that hasn't, like, had yeah. immense flaws. That's the whole thing. Yeah. He goes, yeah, we are what they grow beyond. That's the greatest yeah. burden of all mentors. But, uh, yeah, The Last Jedi, still my favorite, still the best, still looks the best. I mean, uh, there's a similar difference between um, the one before it, um, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, as there is probably between The Avengers and mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, because um, it's just different cinematographer. It's Ryan Johnson. He knows what the fuck he's doing. It just looks, thick, you know, you know, oh, it's, it's. It's the it's the Coda thing when I was telling you right. You watch Coda and you're like, that's neat. That story's right. good. You watch the Avengers like, that's neat. It looks good. It looks expensive. But then you watch like Whiplash or Moonlight or you watch The Last Jedi and you're like, oh, this is what a fucking capital M movie looks like, dude. Like it looks like a fucking movie. And it's like, like you know, like you just know it when you see it. Um, but you know what's uh, crazy is that like the the. Now that you mention it, right, like, it, the weight of the scene, like, has always overshadowed it, which is, you know, the spinning uh, fucking shot in Avengers, right, where they're all... Mm-hmm. The yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. That actually kind of just is a TV shot. I feel like now that I think... Now that you've said it kind of looks like TV, mm-hmm. like, I, I feel like, like, in my head, I can literally imagine the Power Rangers standing in a circle and, like, the camera painting around like, like, yeah, like yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. it's not that far removed from like basic TV. Now the differences, of course, is that it was the Avengers, and they, you know what I mean. Like, it was about yeah. to be the start of a massive scale thing, so it was like, <gasps> but like the actual, yeah, that's the, the actual, first time, yeah, the actual filming of it. Now that you mentioned that, is like really not that different like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from a TV show. Um, yeah, and that's funny because it's just something I had never thought about or noticed. But yeah. I, I can yeah. also see how it would be. Like, so noticeably different to come from one to the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And, and I think, especially if you watch, like, other Avengers movies that I think look really great. Like, Endgame looks great. Um, mm-hmm. Guardians, I think, looks really great. Um, Iron Man 1, I think, looks cool, too. Even the Dark World, the shitty Thor one. It's, like, dark, rich. But right. the, the, this is easily, like, the most, like, st- sticks out I think. I think after this one... Because this is still early on, right? This is, I think, their fifth movie. This is yeah. still pretty early on. They're still getting a tone, getting a look for them. And I think this one looks a little different from the rest. But I think around probably like Winter Soldiers. And they all started to you yeah. know, look alike for the most part. They look not the same because I know that's like a common critic, a critique of it. But they look, you know, consistently. They right? look like, like they belong together. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, all right. Yeah. 
trying to think of a good example. I don't remember. I don't remember Civil War enough to say for sure, but like off the top of my head, when I imagine Civil War, I I don't think like the the visuals of it versus Black Panther are like oh, yeah. vastly different, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. they still fit together, right? Like, like yeah, it's weird because like I said, they seem like they belong together, but like. You would never look at the way Black Panther shot and then look look at Civil War and be like, these are the same. Like, but like mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. kind of are. Um, and I wonder, I wonder what the what the what that sauce is, right? Like, what's that? What's the bit that they sprinkle in that makes them all fit while also still mm-hmm. like just being different, however they want to be different? You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I wonder, like, artistically, what that would what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, like would a cinematographer be able to tell you, like, oh, the reason it's like that? They use these lenses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have some sort of like, um, like a template, not a template, but a guide as to how to calibrate stuff. Like I know Netflix does. Like when you know how all their shows kind of look the same and yeah, they all have like a certain look is because they have a certain thing. They're like, you gotta use these cameras, you gotta use these filters, you gotta use these things because we gotta has to look good on these screens and that screen and stuff. Um, which isn't always good because then they all end up mushing together. But I think I'm sure Marvel has. Yeah, they probably have some looser? version of that. Yeah, yeah, like a looser version of that. But um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, they they don't look the same, but they do. Is ultimately yeah. what you were kind of saying. Um, but they. It's like siblings. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Damn, that was a good one. <laughs> like, yeah, like I can tell you two are related, even if you don't look alike. Um, yeah yeah that's a good one uh so yeah but uh off the i every time i think back to hmm, what would you call that because i feel like using the terms like just like bright and dark like kind of just like uh they're not very nuanced but like Mm -hmm. off the top of my head like i do feel like avengers when i think of it is like kind of bright and maybe flat yeah I think maybe yeah, that's yeah. a good word to mm-hmm. describe it like it doesn't yeah, seem yeah. that mm-hmm. depth whereas yeah. like you know i mean off the top of my head the most recent one i can think of that's like the ex- it's literally the exact opposite in terms of how it's filmed i think it's probably the batman like it is just oh fucking, yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is just dark as shit but there's like very like there is a lot of depth to it right like yeah the whole beginning of the Batman is them fucking, uh, like, it's just dark scene after dark scene after dark scene. And, like, them being like, but is the Batman actually here? And, like, yes, then you get yeah. to fight with the Batman, but, like, and it's fucking darkest shit down there, but it still works. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's the opposite of what you get with the Avengers. Like, in my head, when I imagine it, it's, like, very bright. And then just, like, a, it looks like a, like a comic book panel right like it's like right. here's your thing like and you see it happen and you're like cool time to move to the next thing um, yeah mm-hmm. but but yeah uh I, I imagine it would be jarring to watch uh those two films uh, side by side <laughs> yeah yeah it so, was it definitely was but marvel's avengers uh still holds up uh <laughs> 10 mm-hmm. years later correct yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and the last jedi came out uh, 2017. So I guess five, yeah, five years. Five years. Shit. Yeah. Um, still holds up as your favorite. So, 
that's uh, that's what we've been watching. Uh, the the only other thing I've watched actually before we move on, mm-hmm. it, and and it made me happier than any movie could have. Right, mm-hmm. is watching the fucking. Watching's a strong word. Keeping track of the nets being swept. <laughs> I was so happy when I saw that. <laughs> I felt I felt so vindicated as being like, this is a team that will never hold up together, right? Like, and they fell apart in a year. <laughs> and Sergio was talking about how, like, you know, it's interesting how, you know, the Bucks. I think they won game one. At the time of this recording, they won game one. They lost game two. But, you know, it shows you the how ill-equipped the Nets were after game one because Giannis just went like at them every time and and there was that clip of Jason Tatum being like wow this isn't KD because Giannis just straight like punks him and like yeah. it's like a like in like a layup um like a little like sort of semi-hook and I was like damn dude yeah these yeah the Bucks are, are for real I hate that Middleton isn't playing because I feel like they would they would really match up really really well with, with the Celtics and I, I know at this time they're they're tied I actually don't know they might be playing right now but uh but yeah, the, the Nets being swept was, oh, and being yeah. the only team that got swept, right? And that's the thing is also like, I mean, the Celtics like rallied super hard towards the end of the year, but mm-hmm. like, it's it. I guess that Celtics team doesn't have much pedigree. You know what I mean? Like 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 they are good, but they are largely kind of unproven. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're all good, and nobody would say they're bad. But, like, you don't – it's not – you get the Bucks, and you're like, well, that's Giannis. You get the Heat, and you're like, like Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like, there, yeah. there's not there's not that same weight to anybody on the Celtics. And for them to just right. be like, yeah, swept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say the closest is probably Tatum. But even he yeah. doesn't feel like he's on the on par with, like, you know, like, like you said, like Jimmy Butler or Booker or Giannis. Right. So, um, but yeah, I was really happy to see them swept. Also, like, boy, and my favorite part is just Twitter just absolutely dumping mm-hmm. them. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, you think Kyrie's burning sage? <laughs> oh, God, I love it so much. All right, but anyway, so moving on from that sports bit uh, to the NFL draft, mm-hmm. uh, which just happened recently. Yep. Um, it, go ahead. I was. It, it was. Um. I thought overall it was like kind of low key. I know there was a couple of big trades. I know yeah. they. You know the Titans traded AJ Brown, which I think is just ridiculous. I mean, he's. I don't know. Whatever. And, and I think and, the Titans are doing the opposite of what I've talked about, which is that like my whole thing is like if you have a win, like, if you think you even have a ch- like. If you think you have even a chance of getting to it, like, go all in because mm-hmm. anything can happen. Yeah. I think the Titans are looking at their team and being like, I think I think we just need to back off and, and readjust. readjust. Yeah. I, I feel like they have very little confidence in Ryan Tannehill, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they drafted, yeah. what's his name? They drafted um, the guy from Liberty, Malik Willis. M- Malik Willis. Um you know, and they traded away wide receivers. Like, you're not trying to put anybody in a position to succeed. Yeah. Um, it feels like the only thing they have decided to keep is Derrick Henry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either, yeah like, that's what I'm like, either, either they're backing off or they're like, this is it, bro. You're going to run us. We're going to run you into the ground and you're going to run us right into the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. And hope that you don't get hurt. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I think they're just kind of... I think they have to be backing off. Because even if you thought Derrick Henry was just going to run the Super Bowl, I don't know why you get... I mean, what did they get for A.J. Brown? Um, A first? Maybe a first or a second? And it wasn't a lot. Like, it wasn't enough to be like... Whoa. It wasn't like... um. Who was the wide receiver that was trading the bunch? Oh, Devontae Adams. Like, it wasn't like a load like that. But, you know, A.J. Brown isn't on that level. But, you know, he could have been. I mean, I, this to me sounds like a lot like the uh, the Stephon Diggs, right? Where I right. think before he left, like Stephon Diggs, I know he's like, you know, better now. But, you know, when he when they traded him from Minnesota, I think he was on the level of A.J. Brown. Like this guy who you're like, this guy's like, you know, he's not the best. And he's not even like top three. But he's getting there and he's young. I think he's only like 25, 24 maybe. Yeah. And they just gave him 100 mil. He's so, 24. Yeah, so it said they got the 18th and 101st pick. Um, but you know what? I just... The fucking... The math doesn't math for me when it comes to NFL picks and trades. Like, none of it makes any fucking sense to me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like... Like, this, I guess they traded for... Like, what did we get for um, Cooper? Was it like a fourth? Was it a sixth? Like some dudes go for like multiple firsts, and then some dudes go for like a six, and you're like, "That's what, that, that. like, dude, like it's it's gonna be crazy." Cooper, like, you know, it's in exchange for the 2022 fifth round pick and a swapping of 2022 sixth round. A swapping, picks. a swapping, not even an they, extra. They get a fifth round, and then they swap a second pick. And the oh my god, what doesn't? All right, so I did hear, I did hear something that like made it make a little more sense, but ultimately it still doesn't add up is uh, I think Dominique Foxworth was like, any pick in the NFL draft is infinitely more valuable than other draft picks and other sports because you have so many players that are constantly in and on and off the field that like in the NBA, a third round pick may not ever need to see the floor for you. Like, mm-hmm. in the NFL, your third-round pick will definitely see the field. Or, or like, if it's a, if, if the pick was, like, I mean, if the pick's not a bust, it will end up on the field. Because, you you know, you have 22 people on the field, you know what I mean, at any given point in time. And then you have different packages where different people are subbing in and out. So, it's like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess I get that, right? Like, a third-rounder is more valuable in the NFL than a third-rounder in the NBA because your third-rounder is going to have to be on the field, ultimately. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But what I still don't get is that, like, if you... All right, you trade Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. Do you think... What What do you think are the chances that you get someone of Amari Cooper value in the fifth round? They're fucking none, bro. Like, what? Like I mean, it can happen, obviously, because it happens in every sport all the time. Right, right. But, like, not... Where you can count on it. Right. And so right. they trade AJ Brown for two picks, one of which was a first round. So, but like, I mean, shit, even your first round picks, like, then I, I think my ultimate problem with it is the NFL draft is such a fucking crapshoot, anyways. Like, yeah. I feel like half your fucking first round picks aren't even all that good. Like, yeah, apparently, like, people say that, like, if, if your pick in the first round makes it to a second contract, that's considered a success. Right, and so it's like, what are your chances you're getting A.J. Brown-level production out of whoever you pick at 18? Like, it's certainly not as good as just keeping A.J. Brown. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of 
value. So I just, I, I like, it will never make sense to me. Like, I just don't get it. Obviously, I feel like obviously I have to be wrong. Because, like, everybody in the NFL operates this way. But, like, if I had fucking A.J. Brown and, like, I feel like A.J. Brown would be damn near untouchable unless I knew I was never going to be able to keep him. Like, right, I'd have to right. be in a situation where I'm like, nah, there's no chance I can keep everybody. I gotta let someone go. Then maybe i trade him. Right, right. Like, well, unless he's like, I'm gonna sit out unless you give me, you know, a huge deal. And they're like, fuck, we give a bunch of money to Tannehill. We give a bunch of money to Derrick Henry and, like, everybody else and fucking Julio Jones. Like, Damn, right. like, what am I gonna do? Right? And it's like, we just can't pay him. So, I, I, that I understand unless you get something out of it. But, like, if you had even a chance, I mean, the dude, I think he was... Maybe a first or second round pick, like, and he put up, I think, you know, 800 yards and then, like, I think a thousand something. And this, this is with Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback on a primarily running team. So, I don't know. Right. So, I'm trying to find the Devontae Adams trade and what was it says first and second round picks, but I don't know if that means like multiple, uh, multiple firsts. No, it looks like maybe a one and a first and a second round. Yeah. So, like, am I. Is there any chance I would fucking trade Devontae Adams for two picks, one of which isn't even in the first round? Hell no. What, no, what is the math? Like I, He's the best wide receiver in football. He's the best wide receiver in the league. You're telling me you think that first round pick is going to be the best of whatever? Like, uh, is there any chance, what are the chances that anybody you draft at that position will be the best at whatever their position is right, in right. the league in fucking six years? Like, yeah. it, it's not great. There's only one best of each position in the league every year. Um, yeah, I just the, the, it never makes sense to me. I'll never be able to figure it out. Every time I see one of those trades, I'm like, sounds like they got fucked. <laughs> I'm like, does that make sense? I don't know. And it's like it's like you said, you know, it's like we've been watching football for forever. Into this and I still got like I, I still got to see I'm what like, other people say. <laughs> does it make sense? Like, oh, this is a good trade. Oh, okay, it's like the, the like I've said before, like the, the fucking um. The gif of Ty Burrell, where he's oh, like yeah. shaking, he's like, no, no. And then everybody random starts clapping, and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. I'm like, yeah. two firsts. I'm like, no, no. And he's like, oh, that's a great pick. You know, this guy's all time. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Trading Cooper for a fucking fourth. You're like, all right. Uh, he's like, no, they're going to pick like, up, you know, the next Tank Lawrence. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, shit. And did you see what? So the Ravens, they traded the Hollywood Brown for a first. Right, but so basically, what they said was that they picked him in the first late first round a couple years back. They got four years of him on his rookie deal, and then they traded him for a first this year, which I think was like maybe one or two higher. So they basically just sort of loaned out a first round pick, <laughs> got, and then they got, got, like a, got a four year lease yeah. on Hollywood Brown, and, and they got and, a safety and uh, um, a, a center with those. So it's like, well, see that that one makes sense to me because here's the thing: Hollywood Brown is like productive. But, like, I don't think anybody's looking around the league right now thinking Hollywood Brown's a top five receiver. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? So, it's like, yeah. Yeah, that, or, like, even, I mean, I don't know. I want to say not even a top ten. Uh, I guess I, like, don't know if I could say Dude, that. Dude, no, yeah, way. he's not a top ten. Okay, yeah. So, I, I, like, couldn't think of enough receivers to fill out a top ten with, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, like, so I don't feel like. You fucking, you, like you said, you basically got him on a four-year loan and you get another first-rounder back. Like, the lot, right. What are the chances that the guy I'm going to pick in the first round I can get as much as I got from Hollywood Brown? Not not terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I could see you replacing that amount of talent, whether it's at another position or not. But, like, that, that doesn't seem unreasonable. But 
Like you said, if, if fucking it was Stefan Diggs, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like a, a bad move. Like, what did... The, man, yeah, I don't know. I, I was about to say, like, what did the Dolphins give up for Tyreek Hill? Or, but like, There's a couple firsts. Well, that, that's the thing is that, you know, like, so it's, it's both giving up these wide receivers for, for first, especially, like, all, you know, Potential Hall of Fame wide receivers, like potentially all-time greats, like Tyreek Hill or even AJ Brown. I know he's his, only in his third season, but still, you know the, the 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 talent is there. But then also the run that they made in the first round for wide receivers this year. I think um, you know there was like like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Like there was just like a run on wide receivers, like two back to back. Were from Ohio State. They were like Chris Olave from Ohio State, and then right the next pick was like his teammate, another guy, and he's like yeah. Oh, and the guy who tore his ACL for Alabama. He, the dude, tore his ACL in January. Like, I think during the national championship. And he got drafted in the first round now. So, like, the, the yeah, the, the market, you know, it, it, it's becoming apparent that the, the next highest, most important position after quarterback is going to be, you know, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I was listening to a thing talking. They were like, they were like I, I think analytics has decided that... Like, on the defensive side, it's always been about pressure, like, getting to the quarterback. Yeah. And, like, I think now we're finally starting to shift to corners. Like, corners, mm-hmm. like, having a good corner is, like, the biggest deal on your defense. And I think, you know, you can kind of see that a bit between, um, I mean, two two corners, basically. I think it mm-hmm. has, I think Derek Stingley's a corner. Um, but yeah. between yeah. Sauce oh, Gardner yeah, yeah. and Derek Stingley, like two in the top oh, yeah. four. Yeah, and I mean Stingley didn't even play last year. He played in the national champ- the championship team, took the COVID year off, and then played last year, or maybe he barely played last year. So right. he's been he hasn't played for a while, and he still got picked number three. And then mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner, you know, he played for Cincinnati in, in the um, college playoff team, and all his stats were ridiculous. Um, I was listening to, I forget who it was. But they were saying, they were like, you know, the, the interviewers were asking me, they were like, you know, does it really make a difference? Like a guy, like, like if a guy runs this certain speed and he's like this tall and this wide and like his arm length and stuff. And he's like, it actually does. He's like, if a guy has a wingspan of, you know, I can't think of a number, like 45 inches. One guy has 45 inches and the other guy is 42. The guy with 45 has a much higher chance, even though it's only three inch difference. He's like, because if you add that to maybe like a little bit faster, that's two or three extra passes broken up, you know, every few games, maybe one right. extra interception per season. He's like, those little differences, they add up. And I was like, damn, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. That is like those little, like you said, the corners are important now. So now if you pick a guy top 10, it's like, this dude better be the dude, right? He better not be, I don't know what kind of shitty, Morris Claiborne, right? Like the shitty <laughs> Cowboys right. pick. He better be that dude, so. Yeah, it's uh, in fucking... Like off the top of my head, like <laughs> they were talking about, I think I think it was, it might have been Aiden Hutchinson, but like he, I think he tested like super crazy off the charts, if I'm not mistaken, on like, at the combine. It's like yeah, all that shit. It's like those aren't substitutes, but if you put two equally skilled people, those those things do start to matter, right? Like you know what I mean? Like they they are differences that have to be overcome. In some mm-hmm. manner, one way or another. Um, so, yeah, there's, uh, you know, the NFL draft. I mean, I feel like the NFL draft has now caught up to fantasy football, which is that, like, 
people basically decided, like, we're just not going to draft quarterbacks anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it was just this one. I I think, and I hate it for Sam Howell because he he went to the Commanders in the fifth round. I mean, this guy, they were saying he was going to go in the second. And I think he went, maybe he was the first or second pick in the fifth, but the fifth round is still the fifth round. Um, But I'm glad he's going to a place that has a shit quarterback instead of a place that has a great quarterback. Like, if he was going to... I don't know, for some reason, for some reason, the Chargers picked him up. I don't know. I'd be like, "Fuck, man, he's never gonna play." Fuck, they got Herbert, man. Even a, a place in Denver, right? Even Denver, yeah. even though they have Russell Wilson, he's got you know, three or four or five years where he's gonna be elite. I'm like, fuck, but he's gonna where he went, and Wentz sucks, and so he's gonna have a chance, <laughs> I think, to 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 hopefully do like a a Johnny Flynn Russell Wilson thing, where you know, the, if you remember the Seattle Seahawks, they played they paid Johnny Flynn like fifty million dollars after he torched the lions in week 17 the year before and they poached him from the packers and everybody's like oh they paid him the big money he's the big free agent and they draft russell wilson he's the he blows johnny uh flynn out of the water in um training camp and then he gets the starting role so that I me mean, fingers crossed i'm like Fuck I, you, Wentz. I, I, go I, to so, hell Wentz. yeah so that's the thing right is that like i'm not i'm not a I, I carolina basketball has grown on me a lot Carolina football, I truly don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't really have a whole lot for Sam Howell in terms of, like, fandom or anything like that. Yeah. But I really don't like Carson Wentz, and I really don't like the Redskins. And ultimately, even if the Redskins come up with a better quarterback out of drafting Sam Howell, yeah. I can still point at them and laugh for trading – they. They traded for they, Wentz. Yeah, they traded for Wentz, yeah. right? They yeah, yeah. they mm-hmm. gave yeah. away shit to get Wentz's massive When he could have contract. just had how Exactly. Right, like, and, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is Wentz was already overpaid from Indianapolis. I feel like Indianapolis mm-hmm. heard that the commanders wanted him. They're like, yo, get that motherfucker's on the phone. Like, <laughs> like we need to ship yeah, that motherfucker. Yeah, so, out. I mean, we, we would hate to lose Wentz, but, like, we know, we heard you guys are interested. You know, I mean, you know, if you guys want him. Yeah. You know. It's, so, um... Yeah, I, if nothing else, even if the even if ultimately the red or the commanders end up better off, uh, like yeah. as a team because they have Sam Howell, it's still nice to be able to point and be like, your team's so fucking stupid. You you, yeah. you traded to get that awful fucking contract. Yeah, I hope that he does get a chance. I hate that he went there, I, but I think you know this draft I think was just shitty quarterback wise. I think next mm-hmm. year's the big one. Next year's the one where Bryce Bryce Young, maybe two-time Heisman winner Bryce Young comes out, gets you know picked first overall. I bet they're saying that next year, dude, he's going to go first, and then number two is going to be Alabama's defense event. So Alabama could have the one and two uh, pick mm. in next year's draft, which is okay. nuts. Um, so he, he's coming out. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback at Ohio State, he's, he, he can come out. He's probably going to come out. And then there's, like, a few other guys. They have, like, the way-too-early, like, you know, top draft yeah. whatever thing. And I think they have like four quarterbacks in the top 10 for next year. So I think teams were simultaneously not impressed with like, um, you know, the quarterbacks this time around mixed with being like, let's just wait. Let's just take it. Easy. Like the Texans, okay. right? Like the Texans are shit. And I think they have the number two or three pick. And they could have easily been like, let's just pick up a quarterback now. Get uh, get Kenny Pickett. Get Howell. Like we need somebody. Like even if it means drafting higher than they should be. But they were like, let's just, Suck for one more year and go for Bryce Young, right? Or go yeah. for uh, C.J. Stroud, so. Yeah, so the Cowboys uh, with a very... Un- safe? Uh, yeah, very safe, unexciting pick. Uh, we yeah. picked uh, uh, I don't offensive know. I don't lineman know. from Utah? Uh, Tulsa. Tulsa, 
Sorry. Which I think is in Utah. I don't know where the fuck Tulsa. Where is Tulsa? <laughs> nah, is it Oklahoma? <laughs> they showed videos of the dude. I mean, that dude is gigantic. Like, yeah. Just like a giant beast of a man. He, uh, it is in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, Tulsa's <laughs> in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, yeah, so the weird thing is, right, is that, like, I feel like as a Cowboys fan, I'm, like, preconditioned to like this pick. And so, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we get an offensive lineman, and I'm like, well, our best years, we did have all great offensive linemen. So, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, you're going to be like, like well, I think back at, like, fucking, when we, when Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick were all, like, young. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like. Man, those were the times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's like it's like when we when you anytime we pick those guys up, I'm always like, well, they gotta they gotta come from fucking somewhere, right? It's right. like you gotta eat your vegetables, right? Like <laughs> you can't be like, why do I get sick all the time? It's like we well, do. You eat just Twinkies and pizza rolls. Like you gotta get some vegetables, and you're like, well, all right. It's like eating my vegetables. It's like Tulsa, neat offensive lineman, cool. Yeah, right, and then well. and then like a year from now, you're like, or like you know, a couple years from now, you're like, wow, I'm glad we picked up the. Glad I, I'm glad I've been eating my vegetables regularly because I feel great. Um, <laughs> ultimately, fucking like Zeke has a renaissance because we picked up some better offensive linemen. You're like, oh look, it's all coming together. It all worked out. So. But you know, it just sucks because it's such a crapshoot, right? Like you know, you could end up picking Micah Parsons, or you could end up pick, picking Taco Charlton ahead of T.J. Watt. Like it's. Yeah. I gotta it's say, just... that, like Taco. Turned out terrible. Yeah. But I, I feel like the way they trashed him in, in the press conference. Oh, like, yeah. That was, was kind of was a up. little foul. I was like, damn. Yeah. Like, yeah. you guys like, you picked them. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like, we're all trying to find out the guys who put him on our team. It's like, uh, you, you put him on your team. What are you talking about? You didn't do, do it's like, oh, you we know, we, we closed our eyes and spun around three times. It. Yeah. yeah, and then just pick the name out of hat. Like, no, you you, you dudes had like three months to do extensive first round research. You know, it's not like we picked him ahead of somebody else in the third because it's like, oh, he fell on our lap, or like, oh, we were on the clock and we didn't know. It's like you dudes literally had just to figure out who's gonna go maybe like fifteen spots ahead of him and you didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I felt yeah, I thought I was I laughed because I was like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. But then I was just like, yeah, that's not cool, man. That's kind of fucked yeah. up. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like exactly. I was like, damn, like. Fuck Taco, and I was like, man, I mean, he didn't—he didn't do anything to deserve that. Yeah, he just wasn't as good as we thought. Like, have you seen? Oh my god, have you? I, I mean, I know you don't have TikTok. Have you seen this? It's—it's a sound that's like gotten like really popular on TikTok, and it's from <laughs> uh, Fifty Cent's beef with uh, Floyd Mayweather. Is it the like, what did you fuck me for? Right. Yes. <laughs> Taco was sitting at home. Taco <laughs> heard that. He was like, what did you say fuck me for? Um, <laughs> there is, dude, there is a clip um, from Austin Powers and Goldmember. We're at the end. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Scotty, Never. Seth Green, he's like, I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you, but I hate you. And he's just talking to Beyonce. And then he points at Minimi. He's like, most of all, I hate you. And uh, Minimi does this like, he's like, he's this like, huh? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it every time. And I've always seen it in my head because I'm always like, what? Like that. It's like the, fuck me. What fuck me for? <laughs> he's the one that's fucking your wife or whatever he says. It's like, yeah. um, he said, fuck Nelly, fuck T.I., fuck 50s. Okay. He said, fuck 50s. What the fuck guys fuck me for? Um, and so I can never find the gif because I'm like, it's just in my mind. Anytime somebody says anything like that, I just see a little mini me going like, huh? What? Like me? What the fuck did I do? Right. 
Yeah, that, that, I don't know why it popped in my head like that. Fucking, they're like, oh, he's that idiot that picked up Taco and Taco's own. If I was Taco, I'd just make, I'd get on TikTok, do one TikTok, do that one, and then just like, I don't yeah. know, like and have my bank account it. behind me or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Being like, well, you assholes paid me first round money. Uh, exactly. Oh, God. But yeah, uh, I, like it, like I said, it was funny. When I heard it, and then I was like, but damn, that was kind of foul. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel the exact same way, yep. So, um, but yeah, we picked up we picked up an offensive lineman in the first round. Do we... I feel like there was another... I actually don't know. I'm kind of grimacing my teeth because I'm like, I actually don't know who else he picked up. <laughs> because like after a while, I'm just like, this tight end from Arizona State. I'm like, okay, dude. I, I genuinely have not heard of this human before in my life. Yeah, I'm like, I... I wish I missed the uh, days when they would pick up dudes from Boise State. That was good. <laughs> yeah, um, and then they all fucking crumple under the fucking uh, the weight of the NFL. Um, yeah, so it looks like we took a we took an edge rusher, Sam Williams from Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be the, the, again. Uh, that's like another vegetables pick, right? You're like, hey, yeah, you fucking got to put pressure on the quarterback from the SEC. It's probably safe. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's the that's the NFL draft, um, and that'll probably be the episode for this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're watching Bad Boys Two in preparation yes. for next week, so, it, so everybody so, that listens can also go watch Bad Boys Two. Mm-hmm, please do. Um, I actually watched it this past Sunday. I managed to get some oh, time shit. in there. I think I texted you. I was like, "Hey, do you think you're gonna watch it?" Because I wanted to watch it, and yeah. um, Sydney watched it, and she actually sat through all of it. I thought she was gonna be like, this was it that much of a surprise? No, because I thought she'd be like, this is long, or like she's gonna be like, wow, like this is fucked up. But she, yeah, you know, she, 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 she liked it. I was like, did you like it? She's like, yeah, it was really good. There's a scene, there's a chase early on, where, um, she was like, oh my goodness, like, I'm like sort of mumbled or said that, like, oh my gosh, because it's just like you're like, fuck, like that's like real, right? Like it's not CGI. Right. So, um, but yeah, yeah, man, I, I, yeah, I, um, I watched it. And it was exactly what I remembered. Well, no, I'm just gonna leave it there. I was gonna, I was gonna get my thoughts on it, but I was like, wait, no, I gotta wait, gotta wait. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Some things that I remember differently. Some things that I was like, yep, that's exactly what I remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll be. Oh yeah, ne- yeah, next episode, the big one zero zero triple digit yep. episodes. Um, we'll come in with Bad Boys Two, and then also, um, I'll come in with my spoiler free thoughts on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, fuck. So that'll be this weekend, and I'll come in with just basic, broad, nothing spoiler or anything. I'm trying to think. So next week, let's see. Next week will be the bad boy. Okay, so the the episode after that, you're gonna get to hear like I'm I'm not very good at golf, and I'm we're going to like Myrtle Beach and the course we're playing at. Just just for reference, like so, there's two ratings for every course, and so mm-hmm. there's a, there's a course rating, which is basically if you're somebody that your handicap is zero, which means you think you can hit par every time, or mm-hmm. generally around par. Like, the course rating is what they think you will score on that course. So, par is normally 72. The course rating on this one's 77. And it's like, that's if you're a good golfer. That's if you're, like, <laughs> really fucking good. They think you're mm-hmm. going to shoot five over. So, like, that's awful. And then there's a fucking slope rating. And I always thought, slope slope rating, that sounds to me like how fucking slope this course is, right? Like, how, mm-hmm. how fuck. No. All right, I, I looked up what it actually means, and I don't know if this is the actual logic behind it, but basically the slope rating is how 
bad things go downhill for bad golfers. Like, like, oh. like the slow, like the higher the slope rating <laughs> means like how how awful this snowball can get rolled. Like, how, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like how out yeah, of hand yeah, it can uh-huh. snowball. Bro, the slope rating score for all courses goes up to 155. This bitch is 145, bro. And I'm not even good. I'm going to just be out there. One hole. I I counted. There were like eight bunkers on one hole. I'm like, get the (laughs) fuck out of here. Yeah, you're going to have to come in with some stories. You're going to have to regale us with everything from from start to finish. I mean, I'm not going to need this many. Fingers crossed. Well, actually, I take that back. There's zero chance I will need this many because I'll just fucking quit before I get there. But I did I did find 120 golf balls on a pretty good fucking deal. So, <laughs> so we'll see if I lose all of those at the fucking beach. Um, but anyways, that's the episode for this week. Uh, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at T-Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. And if you want to catch the podcast, you can catch us at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter or email us, differentanimalspodcast at gmail.com. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later, guys. Peace.